Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks Monday YouTube Live. I got Nate here. New setting. In the house. Nate's in the house. We have got both of us in the same area. This is the first time we've done this on a YouTube live stream, actually. Uh, normally, when this happens, it's for a break. But true. this is a Q&A. Um, so we have a lot to talk about today. I see all of you guys in here. Thank you so much for joining. I do appreciate that a lot. Uh, this was a crazy week. I'm back from uh, the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Nate's back from his honeymoon. Kind of a good time for us both to be back because there was a lot that happened the week when we were gone. Uh, Nate did return in time to have thoughts on the tops and the fanatics news on Instagram. Uh, I had lots of thoughts on that. Didn't you, Nate? <laughs> I, I had I had some thoughts, but mainly uh, uh, on the fact that I'm going to miss Bowman drastically. I figure that much. Um, and then obviously the PWCC and eBay news as well. How uh, They divorced as PWCC is no longer listing on eBay's platform. Um, a lot happened, but let's jump into the live stream. We'll, we'll dive into all those topics as we go and discuss them uh, throughout the stream. So thank you everyone for joining and uh, let's get started. So, Oh no. Oh, what's okay. that? Oh no, we're good. So first, uh, first topic of today is we're going to, we are going to review our PWCC debates that we did for the premier auction that ended on Saturday night. So this auction closed after uh, eBay removed PWCC from their platform and the auction set a multitude of different records. We'll get into that after talking about our debates first, because these are what we did in our video from uh, about a week and a half ago now. And there were some interesting closings here. So the Jordan PSA 10 Flea Rookie is back over $400,000. The one that sold for like 800 k had the uh, PWCCS for, I think it was, it wasn't Supreme. It was like a Superior or something. The top 5% of Jordan copies out there. And that one sold for over 800 grand, but this one sold for a, a recent high, probably I'd say like a three to four month high on the Jordan Flair PSA 10 with going back over 400K. And the Luca NTRPA number down 99.95 actually ended for under 300, um, which while this is, I believe this is over $20,000 higher than the previous sale in June, um, it didn't go up as high as I was kind of expecting, especially with the news of the uh, BGS 9 Emerald out of five selling for a million dollars, which we'll talk about later as well. But the debate on the right is the one that I think shocked a lot of people because when we put up an Instagram poll on the championship ticket number of 100 BGS 810 versus the PSA 1010 Pop 2, there's only two uh, Brady base contenders tickets that have a 10 grade from PSA and a 10 autograph grade. And that one sold for $2.88 million, an all-time record for that card by like five times. And the BGS 810 uh, sold for a million point oh two, And that is obviously less than double what the 1010 sold for but people you know voted as if it was going to be a 50 50 split so i think two bidders probably just got into bidding war over the pop two and that's what happened there but uh nate what are your thoughts on that i think i'd actually rather have the bgs 810 numbered out of 100 there's only 100 of that card yeah i get i get that it's a pop two of a 1010 but how many of these cards are there yeah, disregarding the pop two, yeah, how many of these there's cards a lot. are there? There's probably at least a thousand plus. Whereas there is only a hundred. There's no guarantee that all of hundred have been pulled or graded or graded. Um, give me the rare card. I, I, you would never see me, especially for a card number that low. I would never. I don't care that it's a BGS eight. Yeah. Right. Uh, give me the out of a hundred all day every day. Give me two of them, or give me almost three of them for the price of the uh, PSA ten ten. Uh, base auto there. Oh, Nate will like this one. 
Will Sani or Sani, sorry if I said your last name wrong, in the chat. I may have picked up the target trout, maybe, or may, might have, or whatever, elbow cough. It sounds like that Will bought the target trout uh, through the premier auction. I think it was a 9.5 that was ending, which is ridiculously tough grade on that card. Uh, the red borders, especially given that back in 2011, people had pulled that card. It was, what, like $3 card back then? So mm-hmm. a lot of those cards probably got tossed around a little bit too much and damaged, but the 9.5 of that card. Uh, Sawney, there we go. Thank you. I was way off on that. Um, I uh, will, will I approve uh, big time, big time approval on my part. Great card. All right, this was my favorite debate actually. The entire auction it was the Luca NTRPA number 49, the horizontal BGS 9 versus the Giannis Immaculate number 10. I think that that Immaculate Giannis card is one of his best looking rookie cards that was made. Um, I think that the three thousand dollar difference between the two, the Giannis sold for 60k, the Luca went for 57.6. I think that's way too close. I actually think that that BGS 9, uh, number 49 horizontal RPA of Luca is way too high. Uh, given the 9.5 true RPA number 99 sold for 288. Um, I mean, yeah, that's like what a multiple of five plus, but I still think that should be a higher multiple for the NTRPA 9.5 true um, rookie patch auto versus the horizontal number 49. Um, that one, I think it was the most exciting that I was looking forward to. And it definitely didn't disappoint as it was super close in price. And then on the right sa- side is the uh, Holland Red Wave number 10 PSA 10 from Topps Chrome Champions League, which is kind of seen as his like second or third uh, rookie card behind the Bundesliga, the Sapphire, and even the Topps Finest. Some people would rank it behind. Um, that's sold for 21K. And then the 9.5 Super Fractor Auto, one of one footballer flash, one for 42, which if I uh, had money, um, I would have liked to get that one, but obviously, you know, I couldn't grab that. That is, that's a great card. Uh, I think for 42, you know, the true 9.5 um, Topps Chrome Rookie Super Fractor Auto of Holland sold for like forty or $450,000. So that is uh, 10% of the price, which I think is a pretty good deal. Hey, uh, quickly, uh, what's up, Midwest? And what's up, Pedro, Magic, Domo? Um, Rob said hi to you, too. He said glad to see you made it back. What's up, Rob? Sorry, missed that one. Uh, for the Luca and the Giannis, Luca's 21, right? Yeah. Giannis is 26. 26. Yeah. Five-year difference. Now, I get that Luca could do a lot of things in those five years, but Giannis is already two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, champion. Yeah, is an obvious one. Finals MVP. Does Luca do that? All-star, all-star game MVP. What are the odds that Luca gets all of those things done? And, and he definitely is not going to get a defensive player of the year done. What are the odds that, disregarding the defensive player of the year, that he gets all those things done in the next five years? Two-time MVP, finals MVP, champion, all-star game MVP. Yeah, very little. And not to mention, on top of that, like those cards are not that similar. Like the Immaculate RPA Premium Patch Auto of Giannis number 10, which is one of, the, I'd say, the best sets made for modern basketball cards is a far superior card versus the NT horizontal RPA number 49. Um, I think if you see a card like that sell for Luca, the the one of Giannis, maybe it sells for more than 60, uh, given the card prestige. But I, I think personally, the Immaculate 10, like, I know it's pretty small for you, Nate, but I don't know if you saw the card in the auction. It's an amazing looking card. Like, it's it's big time. The, the All those colors on those patches is ridiculous, too. Uh, I would way rather have that card now to preface that, or I guess end with that is that we are from Milwaukee and the bias is extreme. here. I I, I get it. (laughs) I get it. And they're both international and they both have their own international fan bases. They have their own fan bases here. Dallas is a much bigger market than Milwaukee is. Um, 
that being said, I feel like the three thousand dollar difference here is not even twenty four hundred dollar difference here between these two cards is absurd. Yeah, because I, I agree. the twenty four hundred dollar difference is the difference between Giannis having done everything that people hope Luca can do. Yeah, and another interesting point here is that there's no proof on this, so I'm not going to say that there's proof on it, but there's speculation that Luca didn't even sign that card, and that's not. I'm just saying what the people are saying out in the industry because no one really knows. People say that Luca's mom signed his NTs and it's the Lulu. And if you look at his upper deck, it looks different. And they have pictures of Luca mm-hmm. signing the upper deck. But there's so many conspiracies out there with a lot of different things in the hobby. But there's at least that sitting there when people are bidding. Here's the thing. <laughs> Even if she did sign them, nobody's going to be able to prove it. Exactly. And they're not going to remake rookie cards with autos. Exactly. So yeah, it's like, what do you do? Not buy Luca's NT? You know, Who type cares? of deal. Also, Steven, <laughs> how's it going? Steven, what's up? Good to see you back here. Will, thank you for that. That was pretty incredible. Um, we will be sharing the final donation total here soon once all the money gets deposited into the Kesson. There's a lot. When it's that much money, there's a lot of bank transfers that go through that take a long time. But uh, some of the last donations are just getting put in right now into the, into the Kesson account. So I'll let Nate take this Ooh. one. Um, I know that Nate was gone. Ooh. Nate wasn't able to do the PWCC debates video no, this I, year. I, oh, but I did, did. I did vote on all these. You did vote on them. I did vote on So all you did these. know that this was going down. Where did you vote? Tell us what your vote was. Oh, well, go back. Oh, for all of them? Is that easy? Yeah, I, yeah. Think I voted on all of well, them. All right, tell us your votes then. Tell all us right, votes. so I voted for the Michael because I wouldn't be an idiot. I did vote for the Out of 100 Tom Brady, which is why I'm so on board with the Out of 100 <laughs> Tom Brady because I voted for it. <laughs> Um, so I'm Wait, one for two vote, there. I, for the I, Luca, I, though, right? <laughs> no, I voted for the honest. Um, I don't remember which one I voted for on, uh, the Holland. I could not tell you which way I went there. Not a clue. Not a clue. That's fair. Um, but the Otani, I did vote for the red ink. You did. I did. Against the Bowman. I did. Tell us. Uh, tell wh- us why. Uh, because a red ink auto is like as nice as you can get out of Tops Heritage. There we go. It's like the cream of the crop. Yep. A blue is nice, but he has multiple Bowman Chromes. Multiple he colors his hitting. as well. He has his hitting and he has his, his pitching Bowman Chrome. Yep. Um, multiple colors. And uh, blue, while it is historic and it is prestigious, it is lower number. It is higher number than the red, and there are so many other options out there. Yeah. Uh, compared to the red ink out of 70 that year? Right. 69, whatever it is. It was 69, I think. 68. Yeah. So- um, Whatever the red ink is out of uh, in 2018, that is why I chose it. I didn't actually know if it worked because obviously you're com- you're putting Topps Heritage against Bowman. Yeah, and we know how that goes normally. But the interesting thing here is I'm just going into my archives quick because I can actually see what the voting history was in all these. So I'd be I think it'd be interesting. I should have had this prepared beforehand, but I'm just br- uh, browsing to it quick. So if we look at the the Brady. Uh, ticket debate the 10 10 got 47 percent of the votes the championship out of 100 got 53 percent maybe it'd be wise to put it on the screen so people can follow along uh so the 10 10 ticket got 47 percent the championship ticket got 53 percent of the votes from the audience the jordan got 67 percent of the votes the luca got 33 percent that one's not really surprising if you go to the luca and the Giannis, the Giannis got 57 percent the luca got 43 percent so they're and right there they were and they're right on the super. They were the the super for the Holland got seventy three percent of the votes. The Red Wave uh, ten PSA ten got twenty seven percent of the votes. And then the Otani, which was actually pretty close, I uh, got fifty seven percent for the Blue Auto and forty three percent for the Red Ink. So this was the furthest off the voting was on any of the 
the given auctions. Um, that was over 500 people voted for the blue auto PSA 1010. And there's like 300 or almost 400 votes for the uh, red ink PSA 10. So me personally, I'd rather have the red ink. Let us know in the comments if you'd rather have the Otani red ink PSA 10 or the blue 1010 auto from Bowman Chrome. Um, the interesting thing here that I think is that with heritage, like this, I would say is like even better. Not, I know that there's like a lot of Bowman Chrome models that you can choose from, but people clearly would rather have this heritage versus the heritage high number auto. I think that the debate's a little closer with the pitching versus the hitting. You see a lot of people shelling out big bucks for the hitting auto of Otani, the Bowman Chrome, but I think that it's more a clear which one's better with the heritage. The heritage is better than the heritage high number. And not to mention the heritage high number, the centering was terrible on. So, um, Will, oh. I, I, uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think the red ink looks great. And especially with Otani red ink with the red PSA border and the red hat and the red angels, uh, across his chest and the red 17 and the red sleeves. Yeah. If, if they would have made angels into red, I think that'd be the perfect card. Another thing that I think is interesting is if you look at all of the other auctions that we covered in this in these debates, all of the other ones got like a lot of bids on Saturday night. They all went up a lot in price. I'm fairly certain that both of these cards got very minimal bids when they when they uh, were ending. I already clicked out of it, but I can't remember how much um, these were at when we posted about them. But they went up very minimal. You got a comment you want to look at? Yeah, we'll just click on it. Um. Nate, long-term, do you think the green-blue refractor issue flips? And so the issue he is talking about, for those of you that don't pay attention to the Bowman Chrome market, is that blues generally sell more than greens, um, despite the fact that they are, there's a print run of 51 more. Um, and that holds true for almost every single uh, player. Um, and I don't, I don't think it flips. I think Bowman Chrome collectors are, by and large, uh, historical collector like like they've been around a while you didn't see a lot of new people jumping into the bowman chrome market because it's confusing and the minor leagues is confusing to yeah people. just understanding the players in the first place yeah is confusing. um and so you know you don't see a lot of new people could jump into prison basketball right or they can jump into tops flagship or they can jump into uh prison football really easy and they know what they're doing because they know the sport but knowing bowman chrome in the first place and then also knowing um What's going on with the minor leagues is hard. So you have a very dedicated base of people that do Bowman. And because of that, they're also dedicated to like the history of it. And blues are much more historic long-term in Bowman than greens. And I don't think that's going to change. I would add in, soon. I would add in even for myself with soccer, I'd way rather have a tops Chrome blue rookie refractor numbered of 150 or 199, whichever set it's in, Bundesliga or Tops Chrome, then the greens I have 99. And I'm just – that's how I am with stuff. The blue is always just – and blue is my favorite color too. I don't know if that does, has to do something with it. Um, update, I looked. So those Otanis, they barely got any bids down the stretch. Like that has the buyer's premium premium added in. So the Otani Red Ink, I don't think, got a single bid um, on Saturday. And then the blue number out of 150 got like one bid or two bids, potentially like $1,000, which is pretty crazy. Um, so yes, there were a lot of record breakers. I was going to share my screen to show these quick, but I think we used up a lot of time in the debate. So I'm probably just going to go past this, but it is true. There were multiple records broken. The three cards there, uh, that prison black Trey young, which I think we'll actually skip to now, because this is more of a debatable discussion. Uh, this was an interesting one too. This wasn't part of the actual debate series because it was, they both weren't being sold 
in the premier auction. But the one on the right is the Nebula one of one PSA 10 Trey Young rookie PSA 10. Uh, that sold about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. This is the weekend of your wedding uh, through Golden for $400,980. And then the black one of one BGS9 Trey Young. So pulled out of the hobby boxes. The Nebulas pulled out of the choice boxes. Um, that sold on Saturday night through PWCC Premier Auction for $444,000. When we asked on the story, so on our actual Instagram page, I put question marks where that $444,000 is. A lot of people thought between two to 300000 on the black one of one. And then it closed higher than the Nebula. So then I posted to the story, thanks to Summertime Cards for prompting me to do it. Vote on which one you would rather have, the Nebula or the black one of one. Nate, which one would you rather have? Which one? Did you vote on that one? No, I did not. I did not see that. Um, I appeal or just... It, which card would you or... rather own for I appeal plus investment? Well, that's a loaded question. Fine, just I appeal and just investment. We'll split them up. All right, I'd rather have the Nebula for I appeal. Okay, I agree with that. It looks awesome. It, it looks, looks amazing. Like it's, it's in like a galaxy. It's not the black on black like we have with the jersey and the thing, but it looks amazing. Yep. Um, that being said, investment wise, since one on ones, the grade shouldn't matter, and I don't think it does. No. Here, um, I think even if you got a BGS nine, that Nebula would probably end at four hundred thousand. Yep. Um, investment wise. Considering what we just talked about with blues and greens, yeah, I would go black it's because the same that's the historic. Right, the blacks have been around since 2013 with Giannis's rookie set. They weren't in 2012. There's only gold and silver and green in that year, but the blacks have been around for a long time. The Nebula got introduced in 2018 with the choice line. I will say that card is definitely the eye appeal card, though. That thing is so sick looking. Um, but the, the it makes sense to me why, especially I think given that the Nebula ended a week before this. The black comes up. It's like this is the last one of one you can get your hands on for probably the next. Like, That's three true. Years. You know, like it's going to drive the price up um, a little bit more. The nebula to me looks like a one of one should look like. Yeah. The black you could be forgiven for going through a box of cards and not realize if you don't know anything about cards and know anything about prison basketball, you would just brush right past that because it's boring. Right. And the other interesting thing is like for football, the 2017 Mahomes, it's a black finite. There is no straight black like that. But for Giannis, there's all there's a black finite and a black like this. So I remember hmm. that the black finite sold for like a million something. I think uh, non-auto back in is probably like almost nine months ago at this point. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Um, okay, so the vote on Instagram for this black one of one got thirty percent after the fact, knowing how much it was sold for. The PSA ten Nebula got seventy percent oh. of the votes, so it was a big difference. Wow, the Nebula really uh, showed out on the voting, but. Again, people are right on the first ones. Not very right on that. Rob. Uh, yeah. Really quick. Rob says, I've seen that black one of one. Does that mean you've seen it in person? It should not be a BGS9. It should be a PSA7 at most. I wonder Ooh, if there's some coming in with the fire. Corner damage on the back maybe that, uh, you know, we don't have the back well, scan here. I but. saw I saw a picture of a card uh, today. It was, on, it was on Instagram, and it was an old card, and the corners ripped off, like a large chunk of corner. And BGS gave it. A five on the edges, a zero point five on the corners, but a five on the edges, despite the fact that <laughs> included in the corner are edges. <laughs> the edges. How's it not point five edges? Yeah. Also, um, Dwayne, howdy. He, yeah, he's in uh, Slovakia right now. Interesting and exciting. Stay, staying up. That's commitment to the brand that we like to see. Uh, but Dwayne, you should find some better pastimes because, uh, 
like I don't know, sleeping probably because that <laughs> sleeping I would think is way better than watching Aaron and I uh, but we'll, talk. But we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, okay, next up. So this was Ooh. another debate. This has nothing to do with PWCC. Ooh. That that was our full wrap up on the auction. But I posted this last night. Uh, by the way, go check out PWCC Premier's auction if you want to see all the sold prices. There's 121 things that sold. It's a crazy auction. Uh, we'll move on though past that, and we are entering into the debate of Otani Independence Day versus Blue Ov 150 Tops Chrome Refractor. I know we're covering more baseball, more Otani, but I know we got some baseball fans in here. Nate's here. This is a heated debate because there is multiple different things going on, which I'll let Nate lead off and I'll follow up. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. And a question for everyone in the chat too. Um, when you see perfection, do you know? Yes. When you see perfection, when you're looking at anything, it can be anything, food, um, <laughs> a movie, uh, you know, write, read a book. When you're done, you've read it, you've watched it, you're looking you at it, know. you've eaten it. You just know perfection, right? Yes. For me, when I look at the Independence Day parallels from 2016 or from 2018. 2018, that is perfection. It is. It is one of that the is, best looking that, design. That is for any card ever made ever made that right there with the stars and stripes coming out the side is perfection nate, for me i do agree with nate because normally i think that those little lines coming out the sides are like yeah, they're okay but i will say they use the stars and stripes or the stars to kind of use them with the stripes coming out of the card it looks really really cool um <laughs> nate knows perfection he just got married that's true <laughs> found the perfect wife there you go um so in the chat right now, if you like the Independence Day, if you like the Blue Refractor number 150, let us know. BGS 9.5 on both of these. These both sold in the last 10 days. So these are very recent prices, especially for the rarity of these cards because the Independence Day is numbered out of 76. The Blue Tops Chrome is numbered out of 150. Now, one of them is from Update. The other is from the normal Tops Chrome release. So they're two different images, but they sold within like, what is that, 80 bucks? So they sold within $80 of each other. And I was... Like kind of like in the camp of, wow, the Independence Day should probably be like two times the price of that. And I'm like, this is super interesting. Let me post it. So when I posted it, the comments section, baseball card collectors came out and were just like, Independence Day, no question. You know, so many comments. And and I like most Independence Days. The Independence Day from this year is absolute trash. 2021? Yeah. Yeah, just like the white boards uh, with uh, the little dots. Or atrocious. Something. <laughs> the, the, worst, the worst they could ever do. They took the perfect parallel and made it terrible. That being said, this is perfect. And so, and a ra random Topps Chrome Blue for less than $100 hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. It hurts his heart. So given that these prices are virtually the same, we asked on our Instagram story a poll again, which would you rather have? And the votes came in last night and Nate. Did you see the votes? Did you vote? I, I You didn't see the votes. I did not vote, but I did comment in the on the post. Or so how, tell me what you think the per, the percent was on each side. Um, I'm going to say that a lot of these people are like me. Stephen, please stop spamming. Um, <laughs> hey, Stephen, we might need to put you in a timeout. Stephen. You got about one more minute. <laughs> uh, he'll see this. He'll see this in like 30 seconds <laughs> because it's delayed. But um, if all of these people are like me, I'm going to say... 82% Independence Day, 18% blue. There was a, almost a 1,000 total votes, and there was 54% Independence Day. 40, Come on. 46% blue out of 150. I have I have a, uh, re, a report of my own for you right now. Okay. 
46% of those people are trash. <laughs> Nate, calling out all the voters live on the stream right now. Um, I'm just messing around. But, yeah, that was an interesting vote to me because the comments, I feel like people like you who love the card came out and let us know. And then in the vote, I feel like a lot of basketball and soccer and other collectors that don't really like know about the Independence Day or have been around the Independence Day started voting for the blue. They'll just vote for blue because they don't have Topps Flingship. They have Topps Chrome for other stuff. Yeah, I get it. And they have Panini, you know, blues for that type yep. of stuff. So I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, debate. But that's where I'm – I mean, I, I agree with Nate. Independence Day, no question about it. All right. Now on to the – Thicker news for the stream. So we covered a bunch of different sold prices and everything throughout the, the first part, parallel debates. But uh, on the left side of the screen is our post from now, probably, uh, you know, six, six days ago or so, five, six days ago. Hey, and random before we begin. Um, Joseph Crumb. Is that the last name of the uh, Victor guy Vic from Harry Vic Potter? Yeah. Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sweet. Joseph, you should change your name to Victor. I was just going to say the exact same thing. Okay. So, Nate, interrupting a very important topic here, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, my bad, my <laughs> bad. Harry Potter suite. So, uh, Fanatics took it all, as our Instagram post says. Wall Street Journal reported like five days ago that Fanatics was pretty much – it was done deal that they acquired the baseball license, the basketball license, and the NFL license in different deals with the PAs, with the leagues themselves, and it basically booted out tops. It booted out Panini for making baseball cards, for making basketball cards, starting in the year either 2025 or 2026, I think, depending on the sport. But, Nate, I don't know, interesting. I don't know if you read the, the, the further details that started to come out, but Fanatics acquired the rights to the Players Association deals earlier. So in 2023, they can start making cards for with no logos. Oh. So they can test run for 3 years. So like like what Upper Deck does with like Michael Jordan where it's just him in street clothes type Correct. thing. Correct. Or top or sorry, Panini with baseball. Cool. Exact same thing. So cool. it's interesting cuz on one hand it's like okay, you know they they get to <laughs> I'm just encouraged that. Um on one hand they they get to make cards sooner. On the other hand it's like does your first release, your introduction to the world of cards, do you really want it to be a non-licensed product like at that point why wouldn't you just wait to start kicking off with the logos you know well maybe they can do maybe they start off you know maybe they just start off with like an alan and ginter type product but without the yeah potentially good one champions something like yeah that. so we, we have a lot to dissect with this but in the chat i want you all to let us know just your first reaction to the news that tops 70-year partnership you know lost their baseball license Wait, going back to your point real quick. Yes. If you were doing a company yes. and you had to release a product, would you want to go want to go and before testing out anything, release a crown jewel like a Topps Chrome or a Prism or something like that? Instead of having a couple years to release lesser products to make sure it go, it's smooth and distribution smooth and stuff. And then you have three years to get ready for the big boys. So you're saying would you would I rather create a new product for three years? No, I'm just saying, so they have the MLB Players Association yeah. without, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can, they can have three years to release crappier products and make sure their entire back end of their system, yeah. distribution and everything is ready to go before releasing the big boys instead of going, 
all right, we're opening our doors day one. Boom. Yeah. So I think here's the interesting thing is I think it actually depends on stuff we don't know yet. Um, a lot of the reason why this is so important is because we don't know yet if fanatics who appointed Josh Luber, I've heard as the Josh Luber is the founder of StockX. Uh, he's not with them anymore doing any card initiatives or anything, but he started StockX and I think he kind of brought cards into there too, into the fold because he's a huge collector. I think he's been put at the forefront of the initiative for fanatics through, uh, I'm assuming Michael Rubin probably knows him and stuff. And they are both in the Philly area, maybe. Oh, wait, no. Well, StockX was in Detroit or in Cleveland. I don't know. Whatever. Discount the last point. StockX was in Detroit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. My, my whole point here is that it matters what they do because if they start their own manufacturing, they start their own brands. Imagine like Fanatics, like, I don't know, uh, another name for Optic. <laughs> Fanatics, new new brand of some sort. I'm sure Fanatics is just going to be the parent company like Tops has a parent company that isn't Tops, right? They're owned by somebody else. Not right now. They were before. In the They've past. been bought in the past. Yes, yes. And they weren't, it wasn't, you know, so-and-so yeah. tops baseball. It's just still tops. Correct. I'm sure that they are going to, you know, either come up with their own brand that's not called Fanatics and you're only going to know Fanatics owns it on the backside right. or they're going to buy tops and Panini. So that's that's the point is do they go and do they buy tops? Do they buy Panini or do they buy Upper Deck or do they buy a combination of three? The interesting thing is that tops – Sorry, I'm kind of going all over the place, but it's hard to dissect because Panini is so big internationally. They have Panini Italy, which is actually where Panini started, and that came to America in like 2009, around there. Um, to buy that all, I think that they were going to be valued around $3 billion when they were rumored to trying to find someone to sell to. And I think A-Rod's name popped up. I don't think anything ever went through with that. But um, Panini is a whole beast in itself. Top still has the soccer, the F1, the Star Wars, and the wrestling licenses which are valuable. And but, UFC. And no, they don't. Panini is UFC. Oh, Panini UFC. Uh, so they're valuable, but think about this. When you lose like 75% of your operation, how are you supposed to just replace it? I, I saw, I saw. I think it was Limestone that put this down. But like he said, a lot of people are just like, hey, they can now reevaluate and just focus on this. But that's like, that'd be like um, somebody with $2,000 reevaluating by getting $1,400 taken away from them. And then you're like, hey, you can now reevaluate re your entire life with $600. Congratulations. <laughs> the thing is, is I think what you started to see was people started to buy soccer and F1 and Star Wars because people uh, knew them through the... <laughs> all right. Sorry, Steven. Let's do the timeout for now. Uh, because people knew, people knew tops through the baseball cards for 70 years. So they're like, I'm confident to buy soccer cards. I'm confident to buy F1 cards. And now they have buyers there like myself and like others, but are people really going to stick around for a long time? And it's only a matter of time between before they lose the F1 or the soccer when those licenses run. Yeah, right? Those like, are, those are going to be cheap. Well, F1 is going to be cheap probably. And UFC is going to be cheap to get. And well, cheaper than the MLB and yeah. the NBA. And stuff. Um, here's, here's my question. And, and, before I could bring it up, um, what do you got, uh, Rob? Rob, how do we sign up for Fanatics yeah, allocations? This and this important. was my biggest. This was my biggest thing. And I was talking to Barori about this. Is that right now they have their distributors and they have their allocations and they are grandfathered in to allocations and a lot of shops are grandfathered in. Yeah. When Fanatics comes through. Maybe they buy tops and maybe they buy panini and maybe they use the same distributors and do the same thing. Likely, no. 
And why do I say that? Because they already have their own brands out there. So why do they get more distributors when they can just use the distributors they already have or their own distribution center system because they already distribute their own clothes yeah. everywhere? Not, not to mention, you can tell that they're modeling themselves to be the Amazon of sports. Yeah. What stops fanatics from taking, if they buy these brands, I think they get rid of 75% of the allocation already out there. They put a ton of it DTC online. And then they're saving a bunch of costs to the whole to the distributors, yeah. the wholesalers, all these different channels. So that that's my worry is that you own a card shop right now, and you are grandfathered into this distribution. And that's how you survive. You survive because you don't have to buy secondhand, and you can buy stuff and you can sell it. Um, and you might even sell it a little cheaper than the card shop down the street because they're buying it at eBay prices. Yeah. And now, if that's disappearing, our card shop's going to be right behind unless they unless they um, adapt. And by adapting, I mean not memorabilia and whatchamacallit. I'm talking like my dream of opening a card shop with a bar so that you have like people or food or something where you have multiple avenues where it's a hangout spot where people are buying, you know, maybe your liquor license saves you. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of the thought that like you might lose money on one arm of the business, but make more money in the other arm because you have that arm type of deal. And I think that if you're a shop owner, like, and you've been in business for a long time and like Mealy Pop Shop, he hasn't been like actually at the storefront for, you know, more than three, four years, but he's built a massive business and he's doing an amazing job down there. Like that's, I'd say, you know, an established business, Jamil, Brewtown, Rory, you know, you see like Layton Sports Cars, all these other places. The places that I'm worried about are the, however many hundreds of card shops popped up in the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of people you know, buy up real estate, building card shops, putting a bunch of money into design. And if you can't get the product right now because you don't have allocation, how much harder is it going to be when it's newly rolled out then to where you don't even have any affiliation? Like, Yeah, and I'm not, Buzuka Tom, I'm not talking about uh, spinning in the face of all card shops. I'm just saying that a lot of these guys have good allocations and they can have good shops and they can afford bigger shops and they can afford like, you know, these um, destination shops because of their allocation. What if Fanatics comes in and just is like, all right, we are going to uh, change this up. And now your allocation of six National Treasures cases, um, you're getting one, the next guy's getting one, the next guy's getting one on down the line. I guess something that I bring up, um, Bazooka Tom makes like a good point, you know, like how can you come in and just completely like change the industry from what it was? Well, it's, if you think about it, Panini's already been doing that over the last th three, four years in like kind of like a snail's pace, introducing FOTL. That's only DTC. There is no card shops get none of that allocated. Uh, think about how much product they are now listing and, through and their website. Say, say what FOTL is. First off the line. For anybody that. First off the line, it was newly made in 2017. I remember Prison Basketball is one of the first ones on. Um, you know, in the past, they listed at like a very good MSRP price of like $130. And now they started a Dutch auction for like two to three grand a box. Drop it down from there and you buy it kind of down the curve. Um, pay what you buy at. But uh, DTC is direct to consumer also for anyone out there where the business that manufactures a product, sells it and ships it directly to the consumer. Um, Panini has been doing so much more of that starting in 2021. Every single new basketball release that would come out, they would put every single release on their website. They would charge more for it than they should. And that's just being completely honest. If you look at any release that came from January to like, I think May through their channels, every single one sold for less on eBay after it. 
Um, and they would sell a lot of product through there. And they are taking those away, I'm sure, through, you know, distributors, uh, you know, allocations, whatever it might be. Now, they're making a lot more product, too, is the other thing. If there was only a company that owned, I don't know, cards and also sports betting and also, um, you know, signing, ability to have player signings and also probably like clothing you could buy. Um, God, if there was only a company like that, I just... Do they just acquire the licenses? I just can't think of a company like that. Don't give them any ideas, Tom. <laughs> Tom, Fanatics, three days before there's news for the licenses, actually just launched or announced the launch of their actual Fanatics sports betting book. Um, not to mention they have a ton of exclusive agreements for signings and events and everything else too. So yeah, I would not be surprised if that's going to be coming down the pipeline. Um, Emmett, thank you. I am a genius and it's, it's nice that somebody finally realized that. Nate uh, always airs out his uh, card shop bar idea on the YouTube live. <laughs> it's, it's like a once a month I'm, I'm waiting for somebody with deep pockets to be like, all right, Nate, let's do this. I'll fund it. You run it. And uh, let's, uh, Let's get it done right, and I'm, I'm there. Uh, I saw an interesting point here for Dave, and I do want to bring this up because I saw a couple different reports. I'm not sure which one it actually is. I'm sure we'll get more information on this, and we might actually see uh, it soon. And I have no idea where the comment is, so I'm just going to say what he said. Uh, Dave asked, does the NFL also – do they hand over their rights to the fanatic, to Fanatics, or is it just the NFLPA? Because there was some reports I saw that, like, the NFL – actual league license which includes the league itself and the teams they might not have been part of that deal the nflpa with the players association might have been the only side that's part of that deal and i saw another place where it said that the nfl as a league was involved too um i think it'd be very hard to give the pa rights exclusively without the league rights because whoever gets the league rights couldn't create the cards of the players then so i'm imagining it's going to be the the full nfl license as well um how big do you think Fanatics needs to grow the market to recoup what they spent to monopolize the market? So this is interesting. Another great point here from Purple Haze because they did not actually – like they did. I'm sure they put up a lot of money to get these licenses. But what really I think like wooed the leagues and the players associations to get this done was they gave equity in this new company with these licenses to the league and to the players association. So now the players association and the league, they all have vested interest in the project. Like the PA is directly involved with equity in the business now for each of these leagues. And that is extremely important because I don't think that we've ever seen that before. I imagine every single year that Tops and Panini re-up the licenses, it was, you know, we'll pay X amount. And I also heard that Tops said that they, or maybe a rep from Tops somewhere, that they didn't get a chance to match the offer, although Tops would never be able to match that offer. So Yeah, and, and that was the other thing. I was talking with my now father-in-law the other day, and he said, well, why doesn't Tops just buy it back from them? I was like, um, because Fanatics is, I saw the other day, is estimated at $14 billion. It's not 18.4, I saw. $18.4 billion, yeah. and um, Tops was about to go public at $1.3. <laughs> so yeah. there comes a point where, Fanatics can throw as much money as they want at it, and Tops just literally can't. I saw another comment earlier. Uh, what does this do to the Tops and Murder Capital deal? Done. Uh, Murder Capital terminated the deal after this was obviously a seismic shift in their business going forward. Um, here's an alleged report from UW Dogs. I have no idea where this is from. But 100 million. <laughs> Allegedly, Fanatics did 
or bid 10 times over tops tops annual to mlb pa is 20 million dollars annually yeah tops can't spend yeah. 200 million dollars uh, and then plus on top of it, it's like what's tops gonna do give them equity in their tops company themselves not to say they couldn't give but... them equity and bazooka gum <laughs> bazooka time maybe you can uh, facilitate that um this was a great point here i saw something about soccer Soccer, soccer, soccer. Uh, right there, right there. Right Joseph there. Crumb. Joseph Crumb, uh, Victor Crumb's cousin. Do you think soccer is the real winner in this because of Tops and Panini being forced to work on harder on these soccer products, uh, on their soccer products? Well, I think for one thing, I, I think that we're going to see the soccer uh, go Down to Fanatics. Fall. Yeah, it'll, it'll fall eventually. I don't know if it's going to be between buyout of Tops or buyout of Panini or two years down the line. They also give equity to them too. It'll fall eventually, I think. Um, but that is a great point because even if this Fanatics news never happened, really the only license in all of sports cards that is duly owned is soccer. And the reason is, is because all the leagues, all the tournaments are all individual licenses. Premier mm-hmm. League is its own license. La Liga is its own license. The Euro, the UEFA, you know, the FIFA, it's all its own license. So there's multiple licenses to go around. Each of those are exclusive in, its, in itself. So Bundesliga is to tops. La Liga is to Panini, but soccer cards in general are all shared. And I think it all is the same buying pool. So that is really the only competitive marketplace for manufacturing. Um, Has it done more to create competition and more innovation and better product and better prices? I don't, I don't know if I'd say so. I mean, I think it's a great marketplace. I'm in it very actively. Everyone knows. And I love the soccer card marketplace, but I wouldn't say like, wow, there's this definitive difference between the pricing, the distribution, the creation of soccer versus football versus basketball. Um, We'll see. Um, Now, question. Yeah. What are the odds? Monopoly lawsuits aside. Shout out to whoever wrote Monopoly Uh, on there. Antitrust Monopoly. Um. Uh, what are the odds that Fanatics doesn't just go and acquire every well every uh, license? They should. They should get all the li- like at this point. It's like not I don't know about every license, but they should definitely acquire tops. So, I'm- uh, this is interesting. Sorry, any given punch that if you own FIFA, you own all the leagues in soccer. Uh, you know, Panini has the rights to produce FIFA with the uh, Euro and the uh, World Cup but they don't like Panini doesn't have the rights to do Bundesliga or those things. They do have the rights to do the cards of the players on the teams, but they don't have the rights to actually do an individual set based on that, I believe. So maybe that does give them the rights to do the players, but they don't get like the league sets, a lot of stuff that would have come with a lot of research. I think. Um, question. Do you think now based on the strength of upper decks, uh, signing rights with LeBron and LeBron and Michael Jordan, that they are, the best position company here. Yes, I because do. now now remember, Panini has Zion, Tops is Mike Trout. Neither of those guys are LeBron and correct Michael. Correct, and I. It's very interesting to hear about exclusive contracts with with companies because, like, I think that the Jordan and and the LeBron thing were really the only ones for a while. I think Tom Brady kind of weaseled his way out of some, it wasn't like a lifetime one because I know he didn't have autographs for a while potentially. But the interesting thing here is that upper deck was just like, I don't know the full history, but they were like sued for using licenses when they weren't supposed to be. It kind of crippled the company. They really haven't rebounded that well. They've done hockey, which they made nice hockey cards, but like, I don't think that they ever had a chance to get back into the basketball, the football, the baseball marketplace ever unless something like this happened and this provides the opportunity how many people 
would go and start buying 86 Flair retro sets that are produced with logos now, current players. LeBron, throwback autos and 86 Flair retro designs, you know, PMG designs, all these masterful, exquisite sets from back in the day. You know, if they acquired the ultimate collection people love, uh, if they acquired Upper Deck, oh. that would be crazy. If this is true, uh, that's brutal. Uh, Michael Ham says Upper Deck is for sale for, for sale currently. LeBron and Jordan's agreements go away with any UD sale, so that just makes their value so, way lower. So, so you answered my question for me. They are not the best position company well, in this whole thing. They they are because if they don't buy them, they have no chance. Of it. But if they buy Upper Deck, they can renegotiate with LeBron and Jordan, which would probably be a way bigger agreement than any agreement ever in this space. So, wow, it'd be interesting to see. LeBron and Michael aren't signing cards even if UD acquired was acquired. Aren't they? I mean, I guess they'd have to re-up the, the agreement, which they might not do. But uh, I think they're still signing some. I know that they're not making as much of them as they were in like the mid-2010s. They're making a lot of those uh, college and high school cards with LeBron Jordan. All right. Uh, last thing here on this is how about Panini Tops Upper Deck Merger? I have no idea business-wise they, they how that works. They can all make hockey. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, merge together, all make hockey cards hockey, and soccer, soccer cards. UFC, and they'll just each make their own versions and flood us with secondary sports. <laughs> True. I, I am. You just agreed by agreeing to that. You just agreed that soccer is a secondary sport. I'm agreeing. Caught. You've been caught. You heard it here first. Aaron thinks soccer is a secondary sport. I'm talking from the market perspective, clearly. Clearly, baseball cards and football cards and basketball cards are more, more so after. Um I think the interesting thing here is what do they do to do they acquire tops, Panini, Upper Deck, any of them, um, or do they make their own I, brands? I I give it like a 2% chance they make their own brands. I agree with that. All right, we're going to move on because the live stream's at 46 minutes now. So this is what we've got going. We've got on the right side of the screen is that eBay, this is like two days before the Fanatics news, uh, they restricted PWCC from listing any more items on their platform. They took down all the items on eBay's platform, and PWCC is like the biggest single seller on eBay's platform for any uh, category of anything. I think it's like 150 million a year in cards sold, 40,000 plus cards sold a month. Um, actually, way more than that. I think that's just through like the monthly auctions through PWCC. Um, the vault's a whole nother entity, and. This is huge news because they've been partnered for like, I think it was like 15 to 20 years or something. Um, in the past, you know, there's been stuff with PWCC that people have kind of turned away from. Um, they've definitely redid their image, redid their leadership and have done a lot to, you know, um, move forward from that and to to really, really be a great, um, I'd say, ambassador for the industry, especially given what they've done with eBay to try to help them with these problems that eBay cited of show bidding. Um, there's a lot that we can get into with that. Everyone has their own opinions. There's been a lot of social media talk. There's been a lot of back and forth, people supporting eBay, people supporting PWCC. Um, we are a partner of PWCC. We do enjoy making content at the Premier Auction. We do support their off you know, eBay marketplaces with the ones that they're launching, with the Premier Auction that they're doing currently and have done in the past. Um, eBay... And PWCC, this is clearly between them. Uh, eBay has not provided any evidence to any of this or made, you know, provide PWCC with the evidence, provide the industry with the evidence. Um, Jesse Craig, the, you know, spokesperson for PWCC has been going on different interviews and, and, you know, denying all those claims and everything. And, you know, we listen to him and, and we, you know, that's what we hear and that's what we think right now. Um, 
we are going to, you know, obviously everyone's just kind of waiting and seeing what eBay is going to do in the future. But for now, it just seems that everyone's moving forward where eBay is, you know, PWCC is not on there, but probe scene's still on there. Um, who definitely has got a problem in that realm, which I won't pretty much go very much further on. Cause I'll let you all discuss that in the comments as I know you all will. Um, but PWCC is now launching their off eBay platforms with the fixed uh, price going live on September 1st. We've got the monthly auctions coming back in October and the flash auctions coming back at the end of October, I think. So this was, I want to make sure that everyone knows there's a huge shakeup in the industry because this was one of the longest standing partnerships, I think, between any company, especially in the marketplace and the selling realm. Um, PWCC does massive volume on eBay. It was a pretty big deal for them to you know, pull, you know, do that that quickly, I think. Um, as PWCC didn't really have any advanced notice at all, other than like, I think it was like 24 hours. And, um, you know, they're just going their separate ways. So that's what we have to say. We're going to make sure you make everyone aware of that and uh, kind of watch the situation. Obviously, everyone's going to decide for yourselves on what you're doing uh, in this situation. But, you know, I'll be very intrigued to see how PWCC rolls out their new platforms in the coming months, seeing what they do with those. Um, but, you know, I know the guys, I know the guys personally there I have for, for a while that now, you know, Jesse and Chris and Brock, they're all, they're all fantastic people and um, looking forward to seeing what they do in the hobby going forward. And uh, I know they're getting a lot of heat. I know eBay is getting a lot of heat too. It's not just a one-sided stream here. I think that, you know, for us, the best thing to do is just bring the important hobby news to life and uh, let everyone in the comments um, go at it and uh, say what you have to say. Cause obviously a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but, but we're here just to provide that and give you guys a space to do so. Next topic of discussion which isn't going to be very long because I mentioned it earlier. Uh, as much as we talk about, you know, the premier auction and then everyone watches the golden elite auction and heritage auctions and all that stuff. Um, there is a massive amount of sales that go down privately. Uh, this was a sale from shine One Fifty on Instagram. Very well known. The Luka Doncic $4.6 million logo man sale. Um, you know, lots of things that he sells and buys and posts about that are just like incredible pieces. He's got the Luciano super factor out of one of one. I know that Nate, just clamors over um, the nine five ten, but I just really want to point out that uh, you know there are big time deals that go down privately all the time. You know, it's another place that people deal outside of the auction houses. Um, auction houses are you know they bring a lot of publicity to items, uh, but we want to share this sale that Shine had one million dollars for the Luca NTR NTRPA out of five BGS nine. I just kind of shed light on how much that does happen in the industry. All right. Um, we have got a big thing going down tomorrow. So tomorrow we are doing our first ever case breaks at Slab Socks Breaks. I was lucky enough to get my hands on some cases of Topps Crumb Bundesliga Sapphire. Uh, huge soccer set. I think one of the best affordable sets right now in the industry. Uh, soccer card space, I should say. Not everything. Um, but it's got Jude Bellingham's first uh, rookie, Topps Crumb rookie card. It has Makoko. It has Florian Burtz, Erling Holland, and then Gio Reyna for Dortmund as well. And then it obviously has people like Josh Sargent um, and Alfonso Davies and Lewandowski and other Bundesliga stars. But um, big set. And we already sold off our top five break to where, you know, the five top uh, players in the set slash team gets randomized to five people. So that case is all sold out. It just sold out today. We have got a random team available uh, for tomorrow. There's been a few teams sold in the random team, the full case of that. And then we also have a four box break and a one box break to divide to provide lower dollar options uh, for tomorrow's break stream starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So go check out on slabstocks.com slash shop to join the Bundesliga case breaks tomorrow. I'm very excited. 
um, to see what comes out. And for the full case break, Makoko and Bellingham are split off of Dortmund. So Dortmund includes Marco Royce, Gio Reyna, and Erling Holland. Um, but those two spots stand alone. So there's 20 total spots in the, in the case break. All right. Well, now we got nine minutes left. So eight minutes left. So six minutes. Six minutes. Yeah, I see 52. Oh, I, I'm I, was looking looking at the, at, I was looking at the 554. Oh, I see about that. Um, yeah, so submit any you know questions you want, and we'll get them answered here. Um, <laughs> Will says, "LOL, owning the Luciano Super would be too stressful." You know he has. You know he has 19 home runs in 87 games this year. How fast a rate is that compared to average? Probably like two times as fast. I mean, well, way faster probably than average. I mean, it's not it's not a 40 home run pace, but. Considering he's a shortstop who's 19 years old, 20 years old, 19 years old. Here we um, go. That's pretty incredible. Buy or sell, Jared Kelnick. Or Kelnick. Uh, I'm not the right person to ask for this. I am very biased since I'm a Jared Kelnick uh, stan, as the kids say, because uh, I don't actually know if the kids say that anymore. <laughs> um, because he's from Wisconsin. So I try not to actually answer any Jared Kelnick questions because I have an impossible time thinking about it impartially. I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> thoughts on the new high Brady rookie sales price at auction. I don't know if you're talking about the premier auction that sold with the uh, PSA 1010 auto. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the stream, but in general, I don't know if it's like 2000 Bowman Chrome PSA or the Bowman are going up in value, but uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Like dude's over 40 years old, the best of all time, seven Super Bowl rings going into another season to potentially win an eighth. That, that not much more to say than that, I guess. It's like buying it's like buying Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan's still playing. Mm-hmm. You know, like 20 years ago or whatever. I think I think you know, you know all the things you're seeing about, you know, the documentaries and stuff you're seeing about Michael Jordan right now. And obviously we're in the sports card boom. Yeah. What happens when Tom Brady gets his own? And he gets his own, and he's going to do stuff. Tom Brady is not just going to go and retire and slink off into obscurity. No. Right? Tom Brady is going to do stuff. He's going to probably have a bunch of different brands, and he's going to be part owner of a bunch of different things and probably a sport, uh, a franchise or two. Um, And he's probably going to have, like, his own fitness brand or something, the Tom Brady way and – I don't know, all sorts of things that he's probably going to do to keep his name out there. And then he's going to get his documentaries for winning the most Super Bowls of all time. And that's going to be that. I don't think you can go wrong buying Tom Brady. Good point. Did y'all see the Burbank PGX? The I can't remember what that stands for. Uh, slab video. I did see it. Cracked open with very little effort and snaps back together. Uh, I will make a, just a swift comment of all the random grading companies. So many, so many random grading companies. Like, there's tons of them. I don't really want to name ones I've seen just because there's so many that just shouldn't really be valued. But um, yeah, there's a lot of random grading companies popping up. And one of them was seen on Burbank sports cards. They, they did a live stream where you literally just took the slab, kind of just like bent the top of the case and it just literally popped open. Right. And there's no value to the grades. There's no value to them being protected. It just makes no sense why you would grade with someone other than PSA, BGS, or SGC. Or if you want to go to CSG or HGA, I haven't done it there at all, but uh, I can see why people would choose. Here, here's the thing about that is that I was just talking to some friends the other day. I was explaining to them about PSA and how it costs a ton of money to grade, so you wouldn't grade. You And they're like, oh, well, the other companies? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, we should start our own company. Like, how do we do that? 
and obviously they were joking, but a little bit of seriousness there where they're like, oh, we should do that. And I feel like that's the type of thing that a lot of people think, and then they don't have good enough friends to tell them no, you know, because a lot of people are starting grading companies and taking time, taking time and taking legitimate resources to buy the product and slab the cards and, you know, print out, print out the labels in some cases or get the labels made. And then, um, and then do the footwork to try to, to broadcast it out. And then they're going to find out that there's just not going to be any traction. And I don't know how long they're going to try, but all that upfront, all those upfront costs are going to be wasted Yeah, because they're not going to get traction. And let's be real of companies that didn't exist in the past and are actually like succeeding out. HGA is literally the only one. And there has been probably handfuls of different grading companies that popped up. So you're talking about and, like needle and haystack. And HGA thing. is only succeeding because they were completely different than everyone else. Yeah. It's not just, hey, I've got two sets of eyes and I'm going to grade your cards now. It was, hey, we're doing it with computers. Yeah. And then also you're seeing, you know, the custom label aspect, which they were kind of the first to the punch with that. You see all these other places popping up are trying to do custom labels. So now you're just a copycat at that point. So like it just, it just doesn't seem like somewhere I'd want to be at all. Oh, uh, where is it? Where? Oh, here. Rob, um, do you guys sign cards to ComC if so, or COMC, or check out mycards.com if you don't know what that is? If so, what do you recommend to send to sell to them to sell? Um, I have not sent cards personally, but I do buy cards and then sell those cards on ComC. And I find that um, I wouldn't send high-end stuff. I found that it was way easier. I bought a bunch of Everson Pieria cards on there. Uh, I spent $48 and I just got it wrapped on the cards so many cards and um it's been way easier for me to sell uh like the bowman chrome the two you know i bought them at like 85 cents and i sold them at two dollars as opposed to selling the mojos that i put at ten dollars even though they're going for like 12 to 13 on ebay and there hasn't even been like any interest in those at that price point but for two dollars a bowman chrome base it they just got snapped up instantly. So if you've got a lot of cheap Bowman Chrome cards or even like running back cards, you know, that type of stuff, I'd send that stuff in dollar, $2 cards. Yeah. That makes sense for sure to me. Um, I want to hit something here because he drops Oh, do you guys send cards? Comps. He reminded me of something. Someone commented on a YouTube video of ours from, you know, a, couple, a week ago. It might've been our premier debates video uh, asking like, Hey Aaron, you know, like you said, you got cards at the vault. What are you doing with them now with them splitting from eBay? I'm keeping my cards there. I'm going to test out their new fixed price platform. I think there's going to be a lot of support for it. I mean, you saw a huge amount of support come out for the premier auction. I think we're, we're going to see some nice announcements from PWCC um, in terms of, you know, obviously they have to announce their fee structure still, um, stuff like that. And I think it's going to be exciting to see, you know, a platform operate off eBay, have all their, you know, they can really just do whatever they, you know, whatever they need to do to make the best sports card platform for the end user, which I think is very important because eBay is set up, we know it, for everything. It's not set up just for sports cards. Um, and I think something set up just for sports cards like PWCC is going to be very beneficial. It's going to be very interesting for the end user. And I think, you know, they have such a large buying base. They do have a huge support network. You saw with the premier auction. To me, I'm going to list my cards through the vault, um, through the fixed price to start and see the auctions as those pop up with the monthly auctions um, and see how it goes. Because I think it's going to be very interesting to see a new platform that comes up. I'm really excited for it, actually. All right, uh, maybe one last question here. Uh, oh, one second. Jordan Hudson, um, I'm sorry, but we have to ban you 
We have to ban you from all things slab stocks for your love of Yadier Molina, my least favorite player ever. Three dot block user. Block user. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Jordan. Jordan's always in here supporting. I appreciate you a lot. Um, it looks like that not many more questions have came in. Hey, other than this one, let's we'll do this last because I don't know why not. Have you seen the NFTs by Brady's group? Each is digitally autographed and all are different. They also look great for an NFT card, just hard to get. Yeah, I know NFTs are succeeding really well right now. A lot of Messies were doing well. Crypto punks are going like insane. Uh, v friends with Gary V are doing really well. Uh, not a space I know, not a space I have enough time to learn. So I'm just going to sit out because that's why I tell people in sports cards, you know, if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the research time, if you don't have this, don't have that. Don't do it because if you lose money, you're going to be mad because you, you don't know anything about it. So if there's if there's one thing I've learned in my years of doing slab stocks and then my, just my years of collecting, it's that I stick to baseball because it's what I know. And every once in a while, I'm like, maybe I should jump into football or basketball. And I think I could jump into basketball pretty fine. I watch a lot of it. I read about a lot of it. I just don't read as much as baseball. But uh, uh, it's way easier for me to. For me to collect cards I like and keep cards I like, even if the prices go up, and also make money on the cards I'm not too connected with because I know baseball really well, and it wouldn't be that easy with basketball, football, or anything else. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And last question, because I see Southern Soccer Idiot, uh, not sure about that name, uh, just joined, but what do you think are the chances that Panini sells the rights to soccer? Well, they don't really have a choice to sell the rights to soccer enough. The agreement will come out will come up and they might lose it or they might get bought by uh, Fanatics in general. He said, this would break my heart personally. Uh, we don't know. You know, we don't really know what, what are the chances that Panini loses his soccer rights. There's been nothing said about soccer yet from Fanatics, nothing said in the news. Um, we'll see. Tops and Panini still have it to this day and for the foreseeable future and something changes, we'll report on it. Um, quick last thing. <laughs> my wife wanted to get a little uh, like propane burning fire pit thing for the back slab because we have an apartment so you can't have like an actual fire pit but we thought about getting like, like a gas one where yeah and then it ended up being like 150 bucks and so i was like yeah i'm not gonna pay that what happened to wander frog yeah, or I what just, do you do I just saw that um but if you send me if you send me a yadier molina jersey i will cave and i will buy that that propane <laughs> fire pit so that we can have a little bit of we can add fuel to the fire with that jersey. <laughs> that reminds me of the time when Nate was Coney ass and Russell cards in half on live stream. <laughs> Somebody tell me what Wander did. Yeah, I just looked and uh I don't there's nothing on Twitter about Wander. Somebody tell me what Wander yeah, did. I don't see anything that would make me uh second guess be an injury or something, but I don't see any of that. So we'll see. Um okay, last thing here. Oh <laughs> nothing bad. He's just doing great. <laughs> oh well he he is doing great, and he's upped his average to like 267, something like that. I've uh, been getting hits all over the place. Um, extra base hits. It's been nice. All right. Well, that's it for today's live stream. We do appreciate you all for joining. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be back on YouTube, Ripping Sapphire Soccer. If you want to grab some spots for tomorrow's breaks and support, uh, we'd really appreciate that. It helps all of our content go. Slab Stocks Pro go. It just helps out the entire uh, you know, Slab Stocks team put out all this content otherwise we wouldn't be able to do it here with you all so i do thank you for that check it out slabsocks.com slash shop thank you everyone for joining great live stream lots of comments rob good to see you and we'll see you all next week and everyone in the chat have a great rest of your week